You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi, this is Janet Willis. In my podcast today, I'll talk about the size of God's city, New Jerusalem. I'll focus on biblical evidence for the compatible size between John's city, based on Revelation 21.16, and Ezekiel's city, based on Ezekiel 48.30-35. Why is this important? It shows a harmony between the Old and New Testaments, and the more we understand that harmony, it'll strengthen our faith in the Bible as God's very word to us. It strengthens the case for the unique, supernatural qualities of the book the Lord has graciously provided. Personally, God has comforted me, as well as countless other believers, with John's description of the holy city, New Jerusalem. Traditionally, the primary source of information about this city is the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22. As John saw New Jerusalem descending out of heaven, he heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Revelation 21.3 This city is not only the dwelling place of God, but in the future it'll be our home too. In my previous podcast, I investigated the overall shape of New Jerusalem and presented evidence that the city is a structure, shaped not like a cube like many think, but instead is shaped like a mountain. In this podcast, I'm going to examine the general outward dimensions of that structure, God's city. Most people understand the dimensions of the city to be extraordinarily large, about 1,500 miles in each of three directions, length, width, and height. So what about this extraordinary size of this city? In other words, the big question is the big question. To answer this, I'll first explore the similarities between the city John saw in Revelation 21 and 22 and the city Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 48. Second, I'll show how traditional interpreters calculate the external dimensions of John's city in Revelation 21.16. Third, I'll give reasons why that interpretation of the size of John's city should be re-examined. Fourth, I'll look at the measurements of Ezekiel's city, Ezekiel 48.35, and show why his city has not been adequately compared to John's. Interpreting Ezekiel's measurements can be difficult, but they're not impossible to solve. But a correct understanding of the measurement of Ezekiel's city is critical. Ezekiel says that the base of his city is square, its length and width are equal. That's Ezekiel 48, 30-34. John says something similar. John says his city, quote, is laid out as a square and its length is as great as its width. That's Revelation 21.16. If we determine the length of one side of each city, we'll be able to compare the two cities. Therefore, I'll present evidence 
that the length of each side of Ezekiel's city is compatible with the length of each side of John's city. Finally, I'll examine the measurements of Ezekiel's holy allotment and show how the entire layout presents a panoramic view of how the city fits in the big picture. Ultimately, the compatibility of the measurements of these two cities points to the thesis that they're referring to the same city. Understandably, this conclusion has significant implications throughout the scriptures, especially on the timing of New Jerusalem's descent. So, what are the similarities of John's New Jerusalem and Ezekiel's city? Ezekiel and John were each transported into the future, and while guided by an angelic being, they toured a place. That's Ezekiel 40-48 to and Revelation 21-22. This is unique to these two men. God gave these prophets a very similar type of experience. This wasn't virtual reality. It was more like time travel. Each man had an angelic guide with a measuring rod, and each guide gave detailed measurements. Then God specifically told the prophets to tell what they saw. Ezekiel says, In the visions of God, he brought me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, and on it to the south there was a structure like a city. So he brought me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze, with a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand, and he was standing in the gateway. The man said to me, Son of man, see with your eyes, hear with your ears, and give attention to all that I am going to show you, for you have been brought here in order to show it to you. Declare to the house of Israel all that you see. That's Ezekiel 40, verse 2-4. to Ezekiel saw a single structure with many dwelling places, for he said it looked like a city. At the end of his book, Ezekiel relates detailed measurements of that structure like a city. In a parallel fashion, concerning the full revelation God was about to show John, the Lord commanded, Write in a book what you see, Revelation 1, 11. At the end of his book, John says, God, quote, carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's Revelation twenty one ten. And similar to Ezekiel, God gave John measurements of the city he saw. In my podcast notes, I posted a chart with scripture references for the following seven points showing this comparison. As we examine details from both prophets, we'll see how both cities were a single structure described to be square at the base. Both cities had three gates on each side, named for the twelve tribes of Israel. Neither structure had a temple inside it. Both were on elevated land. Each city was declared to be holy, and each city will be the place of God's throne. Finally, Ezekiel declared why this city is significant, along with a precious promise of perpetuity. He declared, The name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there. That's Ezekiel 48.35. John proclaimed a similar truth when he said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them. That's Revelation 21.3. These parallels 
compel us to investigate further and compare these two cities. Now, let's look at traditional interpretations of New Jerusalem's size. The Apostle John describes the size of New Jerusalem with these words. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod 1,500 miles, that's 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. Revelation 21.16 Since most traditional interpreters have considered John's measurement to be linear in each of these three directions, the city would be about 1,500 miles in length, 1,500 miles in width, and 1,500 miles in height. It's important to note that the various translations of 2116 convert the 12,000 stadia to 1380 miles or round the number off to 1400 or even 1500 miles. In his book called Heaven, Randy Elkhorn puts it this way, The ground level of the city will be nearly 2 million square miles. This is 40 times bigger than England and 15,000 times bigger than London. It's 10 times as big as France or Germany, and far larger than India. But remember, that's just the ground level. End of quote. Trying to comprehend the physical ramifications of something this size is not easy. If a structure like this was here on Earth, its height alone would affect the Earth's rotation. I posted an illustration of this in my podcast notes. Those who have studied the topic of New Jerusalem have seen how many Old Testament references to a future Jerusalem sound like they refer to John's city. However, one significant difference seems to be the issue of the city's outer dimensions. In his book called Israel's Glorious Future, Harold Sevener gives special attention to the city Ezekiel saw, which had three gates on each side named for the twelve tribes of Israel. After discussing many of Ezekiel's details about that city, Sevener refers to New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, 2-4, and concludes, quote, At first glance, it appears that this heavenly city of Jerusalem is the earthly city of Jerusalem, described by the prophet Ezekiel or Isaiah. Closer examination, however, reveals this is not the case. They're two separate and distinct cities. This is clear in a description which John later gives of the heavenly city of Jerusalem, he states, And the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as the width. And he measured the city with the rod 1,500 miles. Its length, width, and height are equal. That's Revelation 21.16. The earthly city of Jerusalem, as described by Ezekiel, is not anywhere near that large. That's the end of Sevener's quote. Sevener's statement shows that he's assuming that John's measurements should be taken as a linear measurement in each of the three dimensions. Traditionally, therefore, many interpreters have seen the similarities between Ezekiel's city and John's city, but have concluded they are different. What they believe about the exterior dimensions of John's city is a crucial characteristic that influences their conclusion, especially on the timing. Now let's re-examine the size of John's New Jerusalem. As we read John's words over 2,000 years later, most of us assume that the 1,500 miles are a linear measurement in each of the three dimensions. If this is true, 
New Jerusalem would be about two-thirds the size of the United States and tower well into the exosphere if it was to land here on Earth. But we should ask ourselves, is there any reason why this is necessarily a linear measurement in each of the three dimensions? There is another way to understand it. Let's look again at the whole verse. John says, The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. That's Revelation 21.16. This translation converts the Greek 12,000 stadia to 1,500 miles. Then John followed the number by adding information about the three dimensions, including the height. In my initial studies, I focused on those three dimensions. But after more recent investigation, I saw how John emphasized the base. The immediate context is a critical clue. He first told us the shape of the base of the city, and by adding, quote, its length is the same as its width, unquote, he's emphasizing that shape as a square. This focus on the base would make sense if the structure is shaped like a mountain, as discussed in my previous podcast. Now, in the rest of this podcast, I'll give evidence why the traditional assumption that John gave an individual linear measurement of each side is flawed. I will present evidence why John intended the 12,000 stadia to be understood as the area of the base of a pyramidal-shaped structure. To put it plainly, John, in Revelation 21.16, explains first how to calculate that number, and then he gives the number. Remember that Ezekiel saw a city that sounded much like this city John described, and measurements were revealed to both prophets. If John's first-century readers already knew the length of one side of the city Ezekiel saw, they would just have to multiply that length times that width to get the area of the base. It's a simple concept, but it has significant implications. As we continue to examine this interpretation, I'll explain biblical evidence that supports this thesis. I'll carefully compare Ezekiel's measurements and give reasons why it is more likely that John intended for us to understand the 12,000 stadia as the area of the base of the city. As we closely examine John's measurement, we should keep in mind who he was writing to. In their book called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes, Randolph Richards and Brandon O'Brien seek to help us understand what they call the cross-cultural nature of biblical interpretation. They explain this by saying, Because we believe that the Bible is God's word to us, no matter where on the planet or when in history we read it, we tend to read Scripture in our own when and where in a way that makes sense on our terms. We believe the Bible has something to say to us today. It's a better method to speak of what the passage meant to the original hearers and then to ask how that applies to us. Another way to say this is that all Bible reading is necessarily contextual. End of quote. The Greek culture strongly influenced Israel. This is the world John was in, and these were the people John was writing to. The early church had to deal with this influence, such as in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. 
The book of Revelation and the entire New Testament were written in Greek. As we read the Bible today, especially those of us with Western eyes, we might not realize the advanced mathematics that the ancient Middle East had attained. In the history of mathematics, first century Greeks are known for their expertise in geometry. And the Babylonians predated the Greeks. In their book titled A History of Mathematics, mathematical historians Merzbach and Boyer say Mesopotamian mathematicians were skillful in developing algorithmic procedures, among which was a square root process often ascribed to later men. This Babylonian procedure is as simple as it is effective. A substantial proportion of the cuneiform tablets that have been unearthed are table texts, including multiplication tables, tables of reciprocals, and tables of squares and cubes and of square and cube roots. End of quote. Thus, considering the advanced mathematics of that day and in light of Greek influence in first century Israel, John may have intended his first century readers to understand the 12,000 stadia as the area of the base of New Jerusalem. Remember, if John's first century readers already knew the length of one side of the city Ezekiel saw, they would just have to multiply that length times that width. Now, we've looked at the mathematical background of first century Israel. We ought to also consider its background in the Old Testament scriptures. In his article called Reading the Bible in the Right Direction, Tim Sigler writes, Just as volume 2 assumes that the reader understands volume 1, so the authors of the New Testament assume a knowledge of the Old Testament as prerequisite for appreciating their message of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. Of course, once a reader completes volume 2, he will better understand volume 1. But volume 2 is not to be placed as a grid over volume 1 before it's been read. Once scripture is read in the order God revealed it, we should interpret the entire Bible in light of the entire Bible. End of quote. Jesus expected those who lived during his lifetime to know the revelation that God had already provided. We see that in Luke 24, verse 25 to 26. Some did have Old Testament prophecies in mind. Extra-biblical evidence shows that by 100 B.C. some Jews wrote of a future city and they even gave measurements. The Dead Sea Scrolls contain several fragmentary copies of a document titled A Vision of the New Jerusalem. In my next podcast, we'll take a careful look at this document. Remember, the Dead Sea Scrolls predate John's book of Revelation. We'll examine how this document relates to the New Jerusalem that John saw, and we'll see why all this relates to the city Ezekiel saw. Then, we'll see how Ezekiel's measurements match John's. There's lots more on this topic of the big question, the size of our future home. This is the first of my podcast series on the size of God's city. It's adapted from my article titled, The Size of the New Jerusalem, and Why John's and Ezekiel's Cities Are Compatible. Since this is such a visual type of topic, pictures can really help, and it's always good to see the math written out. The full-color illustrated article is in Biblical Prophecy magazine. You can order the print version from Eschatos Ministries.
There's a link for that in my podcast notes. You can also check out my 7-minute YouTube video that gives an overview of my full study on the New Jerusalem. A link for this is provided in the podcast notes as well. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 